Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday Where we tell your odd but true stories And today is Friday, December 8th and we have got quite a lineup today, including some updates in the ongoing Hello Saga. <laughs> How do we get Adele to <laughs> sponsor our, or Lionel Richie? Any other one. <laughs> How do we get him? I don't know. You tell us. You got it. It's up to you guys. If you have our their fate contact. is in your hands. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta reach out. Yeah, we have some updates at the end of the ongoing Hello Saga. It's... It's divided. I know, right? You know? It's, tearing, it's tearing the Sinister Head listeners apart. Okay. <laughs> also us, because we're all like, did you hear it? Did you hear it? I swear, did you? So uh, we'll let you all judge for yourselves. But up before that, we have, uh, it runs the gamut. It's it's a classic it Freaky Friday. We got Brush with True Crime, Paranormal, Unexplained Circumstances. And uh, thank you to our, you listeners who sent your stories in, but also to you, Christy, our uh, story sommelier. Oh, uh, well, it's, it's not difficult, but thank you. I appreciate you always acting as if I need a medical degree in order to put <laughs> honestly kind of order. <laughs> only just like a behind the scenes. When we first started doing this, we we're like, we'll switch off. And then I just don't have as good a taste as you. Like, I'm willing to admit it. And you were just kind of like, no, this is great. Like, let me just move some stuff around and maybe this. And then it was just like, you know what? We know our strengths. And that's your strength. We know so our thank you. I want to credit where credit's due. Well, I appreciate that very much. Everyone uh, makes it easy by sending in wonderful stories. So I try to put them in a certain order that, you know, gives a certain vibe. There it is. I hope. I achieved it this time, like a nice flight of wine. Yes. I hope that we go from, but unlike wine, where you usually start with uh, whites and go to red, I feel like usually I'm reverse. Yes. We start out hard. <laughs> then, like I said, it's like a haunted house. You got to come out at the end through the bubbles. Yes. So, you know, we try and end it on the sometimes of a, a lighter note a bit. Right. We might bring the dark stuff at the beginning, but it never wanted to be like, well, happy Friday. Uh, everything's <laughs> terrible. Because everything is terrible for this like hour or so. It's not, right? Maybe. No, yeah. Maybe it's you get to go on like a, a nice, yeah, you get like a nice walk or like you're driving somewhere and at least this time. It's great, just for a minute. It's a morbid mullet. There it is. It's a mullet. It's a <laughs> true crime in the front, paranormal in the back is That's usually how it goes. Call the representatives. They will be changing our branding. <laughs> Sinisterhood, the true crime mullet. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. I like it. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. And content warning for this, uh, mentions of domestic abuse and murder. This first one is from Eliza. And Eliza says, I graduated with a murderer. And Eliza is a pseudonym. And I just want to let you, Eliza, know, we saw your note and we agree. You got a pretty badass name. Hell and it yeah. is our little secret. Absolutely. Just the three of us know. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Eliza writes, Hello, beautifuls. Starting this out with the obligatory praise for you guys. I found Sinisterhood about a year and a half ago. I started at the beginning, which happens to be the infamous episode 13. I made sure every single one of my friends listened because I could not stop laughing. I drive 51 minutes to work every morning at 6 a.m. And there's nothing I love more than listening to creepy shit as soon as I wake up. Here's my story. I graduated in 2020 with a man who recently killed his wife in Anchorage, Alaska. He moved from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, soon after graduation, to follow a military career. His wife was a combat medic from Utah. An article I read said that he had told police the couple were out partying together with friends on August 5th, 2023. He said they'd gone to Dave & Buster's and a bar to celebrate his birthday. He told police they got home around 2 a.m. the morning of the 6th. He said they were both hungover when they woke up, but that his wife needed to go to work. He said she walked to work because neither of them felt good enough to drive. He reported his wife missing and claimed he spent the rest of the night and the next morning calling friends and family, hoping they had seen her. He helped her mom search for her. When police showed up, he willingly let them into the home. They noticed that the bed was dressed only in a mattress pad. The next day, police returned with a warrant to search the home. They found that the mattress was, quote, saturated with so much blood that it had soaked through to the floorboards. They used luminol and found that the bathtub was also stained with blood. Police drones eventually found her body, along with a pillow, in a storm drain near the couple's house. He had shot her in the head and was charged with first-degree murder. I saw his Facebook post asking people to keep an eye out for her. When I first heard about this case, I was in denial, I think. He was friends with everybody in high school. He played football and soccer. He was popular. Nobody could believe it. When he was charged is when it really hit me. I crossed paths with the murderer. I spent years of my life throughout middle and high school getting an education next to this person. The class clown, always trying to make someone laugh. It fucked me up for days afterwards. I cannot believe that I have talked to, been around, seen, met a man who I never would have imagined could commit a crime so brutal against someone he claimed to love. That's all I have for you today. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. I love you all so much, Eliza. Yeah, Eliza, that is so heart-wrenching. First of all, what happened to that woman, it's, you know... Friends and family being lied to after the fact is even, I mean, it's heinous enough, the crime that happened, but then to have been manipulated by this guy afterwards to be like, oh, help me find her and posting on Facebook and things like that. It it definitely makes it a brutal crime, even more sinister and sickening to know yeah. that they're willing to lie to the family like that too. Yeah. Uh, this man is, it, Eliza did disclose, which... It's, it's no secret. I mean, he's it's in the news. Uh, his name is Zarius Hildebrand. And I remember hearing about this case because mm-hmm. he and his wife were both super young, recently in the military. And it was just one of those things that you're like, this couldn't have gone worse. I mean, they had their, their whole lives ahead of her, she especially. And to know what you've done and then feign grief helping her mom search for her. That is a certain level of sinister that it's 
some people are just dark and it sounds like that's unfortunately what, who she married. She thought she was marrying someone that loved her and instead he turned out to be anyone but that. Yeah. And especially that feeling of kind of everybody that knew him going, oh, he's kind of the popular kid. We Mm -hmm. had no idea. And it just goes to show you kind of never know what's going on behind closed doors. and, And it's, it's unfortunate that it ended that way and that he it's such a callous way too to dispose of her body mm-hmm. down a storm drain, somebody that you loved. And then, yeah, to lie to lie to the family as well. Well, Eliza, thank you for sharing that. And that's, that is an eerie and dark thing. It's also, uh, anytime something like this comes up and then the perpetrator's like, yeah, sure. Come on in cops. This isn't their first day on the job. Yeah. Dipshit. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's, yeah. it, this scene seems very obvious and then you just spray some luminol and it's like, Oh man, our worst fears were confirmed. You mentioned not ever knowing what's going on. We recently talked about in the twin flames episode that a patron of ours went to college with Jeff Ion and said mm-hmm. the same thing that Eliza said about this guy. I ah, was liked funny. Yeah. And you know, and then you're like, man, what, what changed at some point to take you from the person that was cool in school, everyone liked to a murderer, a cult mm-hmm. leader. Like, it's just, we really don't know when Eliza, you're like, it fucks you up to know, like I've been around someone I've met someone. And then I always think, I mean, how many people have we met that we don't even know that about them? No, exactly. Well, in, in a case like this of, you know, if the, they said they were out with friends, whether that was true or not, but they clearly had friends where they lived. Mm-hmm. And I don't imagine you go from zero things behind closed doors immediately to murder, which is why it's so important to keep guns away from uh, those who commit domestic violence because yeah. of the, just, just the statistics are, uh, are heart-wrenching. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Cammy, and Cammy says, My dad was a BTK suspect and teenager emo angst. What is up, my amazing, spooky, and fellow Texan ladies? My name is Cammy, she, her. And yes, you can use that because it's not my real name. I've pre-changed all the names for you. And yes, you did read that title right. My dad was a, quote, person of interest in the BTK case. Yep, This story involves the sleazy, gross, ass-crap bag Dennis Rader. A fellow BTK run-in story shared on Freaky Friday recently, the family with the dog and Dennis being the dog catcher, inspired me to reach out and share this story, even though my family doesn't like me bringing it up. Let me take you back to 2006 in Wichita, Kansas. I honestly can't remember why we were there, but there was a family gathering of some sort. See, my family was from the East Coast, but my dad grew up in Wichita, Kansas. Like I said, my millennial brain can't remember why we were there, but all of my dad's family was at this barbecue gathering. I was 16 at the time and feeling like I was way too cool to be at said gathering. In fact, I was perfectly content sitting alone in the shade with my pasty Casper skin, white blonde emo hair, and Arctic Monkeys t-shirt except for when my older cousins appeared on the scene. I was the middle child of all the cousins, around five to ten years younger than the oldest cousins, and four to six years older than the youngest set. My dad was the middle of my dad was the middle child of eight, so lots of age ranges. 
I idolized my older cousins, particularly the two sisters, Brenda and Allie, who were the only female cousins. They were the girls who lived the early mid-90s grunge punk scene and had previously tried to dye my hair orange in the hotel bathtub during a family funeral. I quickly maneuvered my way to sit in their circle, trying to jump into whatever conversation they were having. Now, like I said, this was 2006, so not even a full year after good old Dennis had been caught and was, naturally, the talk of town. Brenda seemed to be talking about it. Brenda seemed to be talking about it, catching up on all the hometown gossip, as she also lived out of state. When one of my other cousins popped up from behind his beer to say, well, at least we know it officially wasn't Uncle Dean. Um, what? At this point, Brenda and Allie noticed I've made my way into the circle and that my brain has officially been scrambled. Oh, I guess you don't know that story, one of them said laughing. I gave Brenda the look and she started in on the story. January of 1974, my dad, Dean, was 19 and working part-time at the Wichita Public Library when the Wichita police came into the library in a rush, asking a ton of questions. I'm not sure if they told my dad or if he had heard it from another worker, but they were there because they had just discovered the Otero family car parked at the grocery store across from the library. This was right after the Otero family had become Dennis's first known victims. Apparently, while being questioned, a fellow co-worker basically threw my dad under the bus, saying he'd been acting really sketchy and kind of weird and paranoid lately, which it was the 1970s, and my dad was a part-time college kid who maybe hit the jazz cigarettes a little too hard. The cops cornered my dad, and I'm not 100% on the details of what happened after that, except that he was asked to come down to the station to answer questions. I've tried to ask my dad, but he brushes it off and changes the subject. Later in the year, the cops appeared at the library again, this time looking into an engineering book in which the suspect had left a note. The cops had been given instructions on how to find the note. I can't blame the cops. That's kind of sketchy, right? Especially since my dad was studying engineering at school. Needless to say, my dad was looked into again. He claims they mostly left him alone, but there seems to be contradictory information between family members that two of his brothers remember cops being parked outside my dad's apartment on several occasions. In 1988, my dad moved from Wichita to California, unfortunately, right after the Fager family had been murdered by the suspected BTK. Again, fishy as fuck. And of course, LAPD showed up at my dad's apartment, asking questions. Like I said, I wish I had more details about what was involved with the police, but my dad has never been comfortable saying. Even more, in 1991, my dad, now accompanied by my mom and myself, moved from Southern California to Missouri. They made a stop in Wichita for a few days, and yep, you guessed it, around the same time Dennis committed his last murder. I realize how ridiculous and outlandish that sounds, but seriously, you can't make this shit up. But obviously, my father is not Dennis Rader, thankfully. My dad is a very normal dude, despite probably being a little heavy on the ganja back in the day. Breaking it down, though, there are several weird connections between Dennis and my family. Dennis and my dad, as well as several of dad's brothers, went to the same high school and briefly the same local college. 
Dennis graduated high school in the same class as one of my uncles, but said uncle says he doesn't remember Dennis. They were a very green family. My dad, having worked in the Wichita Public Library, most definitely would have likely come in contact with Dennis at some point. As we know, that fucking trash bag spent a little too much time at that library. Wichita wasn't a big city in the 70s, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if several other family members maybe had interactions and just didn't know. Brenda, the coolest cousin ever, is actually around the same age as Dennis's daughter, but I don't know much about any connections there. Either way, it's definitely one of those weird closet secrets that families don't like to talk about until it gets to the gossipy cousins and the Geminiing nosy emo brat of a middle child's cousin. I guess that's it. My family has a bunch of weird connection shit like that. Like my aunt literally lived on the street on the river where, and during the time that, the Green River killer victims were being found in Washington. Or that my mom lived in the same part of town as Dorothea Puente and would take walks by the boarding house all the time because she adored the house and garden. But those are stories for another time. Next time y'all are in San Antonio, hit a girl up and I will happily show you the best true crime and paranormal spots that you won't find on ghost tours. Much love, Cammie. Well, thank you, Cammie, for sending this in because you always wonder and, you know, you're watching Dateline or reading a case and saying like, well, several suspects or persons of interest were, you know, interrogated. And you always wonder, you know, those people that didn't do anything that are Mm -hmm. like, "Uh, what? Why would you think it was me? Well, Uncle Dean, you got a couple of coincidences that, I mean, it's not surprising that the police would follow up, especially like the engineering book and being at the library, I don't That's But just, he was, I feel like the only reason the cops started looking into him is because his coworker Fucking was coworker. like, Dean over there, he's high all the time. He's acting real <laughs> sketchy. Like, it's like, no, man, I'm acting sketchy because I'm blasted and the cops just showed up and my job, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, dude, you're high as hell just trying to check people out at the library, like stamping those cards. And all of a sudden the cops are like, where were you last Thursday? And you're like, oh no, where was I last Thursday? <laughs> you're like, uh, uh, they're like, he's thinking of an alibi. And it's like, oh no, I'm just trying to think at all yeah uh, <laughs> and it's hard real hard when the cops are right in your face uh that's but scary that's, though yeah, i mean not scary. only going from wichita but then in you're in la <laughs> and <laughs> it follows you in the cop yeah and you gotta think the cops are like i think we might be onto something i mean right? if they're casing the apartment and following him across state lines good on the cops for you know not because a lot of times we've seen cases where if all of this was happening and then it does end up being the perpetrator, we're like, how did you not put two and two together? But this is proof that sometimes you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And just mere coincidences can get you looked at for the worst serial killer in one of them for sure. Top, top five, top 10. Yeah. Top five. Definitely. I, uh, I wonder if, your dad doesn't like talking about it because of, I mean, that's to yeah. not know in retrospect what Dennis Rader did. Horrible. Yeah. It's a real, you know, in that you were like, even consider that you could have been a person that did that. That's upsetting. 
Oh, for sure. And especially uh, my recollection of this case, and I watched a documentary on it a long time ago. And I think I've talked about it on the air. It was I was so uh, just disturbed and upset by especially the Otero family, the first mm-hmm. his first known victims, just the cruelty and the brutality of it. And given that, like, exactly what Cami said, it was a really small town at the time, that it was like this unfathomable, monstrous act. So, yeah, I'm sure it probably was you brought a lot of, you know, not just, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that the cops are hassling me, but like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they think I could do something like that. That is so heinous and affected everybody in the town so much, of course, just watching, just seeing that brutality play out. Also, what if the cops don't believe that I'm innocent and arrest me for this? I mean, wrongful convictions happen all the time. Right. Yeah. For on a lot less evidence than this, even. For I mean, sure. it, there's at least some some uh, timing coincidences with uh, with Uncle Dean's movements. But I'm glad the real Dennis Raiders off the streets uh, forever permanently. And uh, Uncle Dean is free and did nothing wrong. So yes. But that's uh, as a kid, though, being like the younger kid of the cool cousins, hearing them like tell stories about your dad, you're like, oh, what are you talking about? Not the story you expect, generally. No, no, not at all. Not the story you expect, but we appreciate you sharing that with us. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Jenna, and it is called, What Did She See? Hi, ladies. I absolutely adore you both and wish we could hang out. Unfortunately, Vermont is a bit far for you to visit, so I guess we'll have to remain long-distance besties. I work in a small local hospital as a secretary. I'm on unit, meaning I'm based in one of the nursing stations. I like to think of myself as a help to the nurses, making sure the mundane paperwork and phone calls are taken care of so they can do what they need to do for the patients. To understand my situation, you need to understand where I sit. I'm on one side of a long hallway, housing people who are admitted to the hospital for a myriad of reasons. Some post-op, some COVID patients, some broken bones. I face into the hallway with the high acuity rooms across the hall facing me. They're glass fronted and it's hard not to glance directly into the rooms, directly at the patients, since they're pretty much in my line of sight. On the night this story takes place, it was pretty quiet. The nurses are superstitious and were actually not allowed to say the Q word while unmuted. I did it once, terrifying. Nurses can be scary. Directly across from me was a patient who had been admitted for altered mental state and possible dementia. She was 89, blind and in poor health. She had been there a while awaiting placement in a memory care facility. This can take weeks, and she had been there two weeks already. As with a lot of dementia patients, she often sundowned. This means she would be quiet and responsive to requests during the day, but at sundown would become aggressive and upset. Nurses and LPNs are trained to help these patients, but it's very difficult. I was watching her and saw when the sundowning began. She suddenly sat up straight and started yelling for someone to get out of her room. She was yelling, who are you? Why don't you leave me alone? Get out of my room. Stop following me. Over and over. This had been happening nightly, so it wasn't shocking or unexpected. The nurse assigned would soon be coming to sit with her and try reassuring her that she was safe. But I watched to make sure she didn't stand up. As I was watching, her head was seemingly following an imaginary pacing figure. She's mostly blind, so I assumed her brain was tricking her into believing she was looking at someone. 
poor thing. Suddenly, I saw what I can only describe as a dark, shadowy smoke, as tall as a man, but not necessarily man-shaped. It moved from one side of the room where the patient was looking to the other side behind the door to the bathroom. The patient's head moved in unison with this figure's movement, as if her gaze was following it. The bathroom door swung open violently, blocking most of my view, and the lady started sobbing. Get out, get out, please leave me alone, please stop. At that point, her nurse appeared, pushed the bathroom door closed, and went in, speaking calmly to the patient and bending down to hold her hand. She was calming down, but I was absolutely frozen. I have no idea what it was I saw, but everything in me said, look down, don't let it know you saw it. I'm a huge believer in gut feelings, so I instantly went with that brilliant plan. I sat there, absolutely still, looking down at my keyboard until I heard her nurse come out. I specifically didn't look at that door, instead looking at her nurse and asking how the patient was. She said, she was fine 10 minutes ago and suddenly she's absolutely terrified. I think she's calmer now, but it's heartbreaking. She's so convinced someone is in there with her. I still didn't want to look up. For some reason, I was positive that whatever that thing was would attach to me if it knew I saw it. Again, just a gut feeling, no actual reasoning behind it at all. I'm not easily scared. I honestly always felt that it would be cool to have a ghost around and feel like I have a pretty positive vibe but I can't describe the terror I felt seeing this. Thinking about it freaks me out still. Whatever it was, it wasn't a simple ghosty. She was with us another four nights. Each evening it would start, yelling and begging someone to get out, a door slamming open or closed, or her table being pushed violently away from her. Nurses wondered why she would do that, but I don't think it was her tossing the thing across the room and I would literally start shaking and making myself only look down at the keyboard. She eventually was transferred out. I still won't look directly into that room, instead letting my eyes deliberately slide over that area like it's not there. What did this blind old woman see? Did she really have dementia, or was something terrorizing her while all of us patted her hand and told her nothing was there? What was it? Honestly, it pops into my mind a lot. And at the same time, I try not to think about it. What if she isn't mentally ill and no one knows that except for me? That, that is the eerie question, Jenna, that, uh, sundowning is tough. Working with patients with dementia is tough. And one of the struggles that I saw oftentimes having clients either on the cusp of or having dementia is people treating them like their opinions didn't matter or what they saw wasn't real on borderline gaslighting them. Now, mm-hmm. granted, if they look at you and go, I'm 12 years old, uh, you know, that doesn't yeah. actually help them to go. No, you're not. In fact, the studies say quite the opposite. Um, but especially something like this where you saw something too, I don't think it's going to help her to go. I saw it too, especially if giving energy to that might, uh, might upset it, but what an eerie conundrum of somebody who is experiencing severe dementia symptoms. And then possibly also there's just this other factor in there that's agitating her up more. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't say what I would have done because it's it's obviously you were terrified. I wonder if someone said to the nurse, 
No, I saw that too. Does would that change the treatment? Would you know? I mean, would they or, take it more seriously of what the patient is saying? I don't. I don't know. I worry you get fired from your job going like, well, I think there's a shadow figure in there with Mrs. Smith. They're like, <laughs> okay, Jenna, maybe we'll move you to a different floor. You know, I mean, or maybe, maybe not. You never know. But I, I mean, I think doing what your gut tells you, which is in this case, like head down, pay no mind to it. Uh, is probably the right thing. So as not to, if that is some sort of entity, give it more uh, oomph. And if it wasn't, if it was just something from this uh, woman's imagination, you know, agitating her more. Mm. It's just a, it's a real rock and a hard place. But God bless nurses and all nurses. Oh, yeah. And especially God bless folks that work with uh, older folks with dementia because that is a, it is a, a growing population of people who uh, need especially trained care like this. So I'm glad that I'm glad that this woman had it. She, you know, she at least had caring folks around her. I imagine a lot of our listeners are going to write in saying possibly the Grim Reaper. Some oh, sort that's of, true. Yeah. Some we've sort had- of, you know, I mean, we've had others say it can, it kind of goes either way. Usually the emails we get are that a, a peace, a peaceful entity visits mm-hmm. them before something. So I hate that this woman was so terrified when she was already in such a, vulnerable state right but like you said so so uh so much admiration to those that can dedicate their lives to working with patients like that sinisterhood we'll be right back well this next one is from danny and the subject line is my sister accidentally summoned something slash turn around now hello ladies You two are a joy to listen to, and I love how much you care and the kindness you put into addressing difficult topics and building a platform to have complex discussions. First off, I wanted to let y'all know that I didn't hear the hello in Freaky Friday 86. I was listening on Spotify. Second, listening to y'all has brought a lot of Freaky Friday stories to mind, so I thought I would tell you a couple. Now, on to the stories. Number one, my sister accidentally summoned something. Back when I was about eight and my sister was 12, we moved into a townhouse in Virginia that always felt a little off in a way that we could never quite put a finger on. Not bad, just awake. About a year later, my sister had a couple of friends over while my parents were out on a date night. Being the mischievous tweens they were, one of them decided to bring a forbidden game over to play with the other two. It was a Ouija board. I took one look at it and hid upstairs, steadfastly refusing to play. The three girls carried on, asking it questions and such. I'll never know exactly what was said or if there was a response because I was hiding in my room and my sister has since forgotten. The girls finished playing and my sister's friends went home, but they never closed whatever they opened. Things started to get a little more strange and the once comfortably awake home began to feel angry and scary to nine-year-old me. Things started flying off my shelves when I was in my bedroom alone. My sister and I would see things moving out of the corner of our eyes. Our cat began begging to get out and running out the back door every chance he got. Covers were ripped off us at night, and I even once saw my reflection blink before all the lights in the bathroom turned off on their own. There was also an incident where I just started screaming in bed because, I told my mom, the smiley face is coming down from the ceiling. One night, I was awakened by the feeling of something small running across my back. 
I immediately went to my parents' bedroom and opened their door to let them know the cat got out and had wandered into my room. But when I opened the door, he ran out past me. I remember the initial shock and confusion I felt wondering how my cat got back in their room, followed by the terror of realizing that whatever had run across my back was not my cat. Shortly after that incident, I was diagnosed with a heart condition that required a stint to be put into a difficult place in my aorta, an after effect of a surgery I underwent at age two. My grandmother on my mom's side was very worried for me, so she called up all of her nine sisters and they gathered at a local church and spent an entire day making a blanket and praying over it for my health and safety. My mother wrapped me in it as the doctors wheeled me to the operating room and gave my hand a squeeze telling me everything would be okay. Against all odds, upon starting the operation, the surgeon said that the area that needed the stent had somehow been in a completely different place from where they had initially thought, and the entire procedure ended up being so much more simple. The next night, I came home and slept with that blanket. All the weird activity in my room stopped from that night on. I would still feel weird in other parts of the house, but never again did I feel afraid in my own bed. Years later, we told my mom about the Ouija board, and she said, Oh, I always thought that strange stuff was because the people who lived there before us performed a bunch of rituals. We found circles and bones in the attic when we moved in. I just rebuked all that in the name of Jesus and didn't mind it too much. But I guess y'all started up. Story two, turn around now. My mom has always had this super mama sense where she always knows when something's wrong with me no matter where I am. She would do things like call me from Houston as I walked home from a late lecture in Austin and ask if I was safe. One night, I received a strange phone call from my mom in Houston. I'd been living in Salt Lake City for nearly a year when I finally bought a new car and decided to take it out for a little nighttime drive through the mountains to test all that new car goodness. Put the address for one of the nearby ski resorts in my GPS and started to drive while listening to music. I was about a third of the way up the canyon when she called. You aren't driving, are you? She said. I told her I was, and she said, turn around now. Why? I asked. I had no idea what the problem could be. I had driven that canyon a dozen times before and figured it wouldn't be all that different driving in the dark, especially with my wonderfully bright new headlights. You are going the wrong way, and you're going to get lost on a dark mountain with no signal again, she said. Well, you lose your phone in a canyon with no signal one time, and all of a sudden, your mom thinks you're going to get lost on every canyon you wander into. Am I right? Well, she refused to hang up until I turned around. So I turned off my GPS and did as she said. As it turns out, not only was I going the wrong way, I was driving in the wrong canyon. I had been so enamored with playing with my new navigation system, I had neglected to notice I selected the wrong address. Well, thanks for the hand, Mom. FYI, she texted me to ask what I was doing as I typed this. Thanks again for all your hard work, ladies. I appreciate everything you do to help others. Keep it creepy. Much love, Danny. Well, let's just address the first story first. <laughs> Holy fuck. What the hell, man? Kids in the Ouija boards, man. Leave Dude, them where they lie. I feel like I really dodged 
many bullets right. with how many times I played with those things. I told you I used to make my own because oh, if somebody Lord, didn't have right. one in a sleeper, I'd be like, give me some paper and a pen and a glass. I've got this. We'll just make <laughs> one of our own. It's like that Christy will come over. She'll make, if you don't have one, she'll make one. You have to play it. You're going to have to get used yeah, to it. You really don't have a choice. My friends were all just as into it. So oh, yeah, usually yeah, sure. someone had one at their house. It was <laughs> a staple at sleepovers. I don't think I would ever sleep again if I thought something had run across my back. No, only to discover it was not the cat. Oh, in the house where you later find out your mom's like, well, they were doing rituals upstairs. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I just rebuked it in the name of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, move on. Oh, but I love that grandma and uh, yeah. and all of her nine sisters. I just love that idea that a, a group of women coming together to create something and like imbue it with healing powers. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And then it apparently it worked. It did. Yeah, it worked. It kept uh, kept her safe in both the surgery and thereafter. And then as far as having a psychic mom. You really can't ask for anything more, can you? I mean, <laughs> that's so convenient. She should have seen it coming, though, that, of what was going on. You know, maybe but she probably did. She's like, oh, I, I guess y'all stirred it up. I just thought it was because <laughs> of that going on. So I'm going to say anything. Moms know we had that other Freaky Friday where yeah. the listener had received a call from her mom or an email because she was really worried about her based on a dream she'd had. And the, the girl was experiencing plain failure with her newborn baby in her lap when her mom like had that feeling like you can't have something come out of you and not be connected to it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, it's such a, it's such a connection of, of sharing so much of energy, DNA cells, all that stuff. There's a connection. There's a connection there. There's something there. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited for Simon and Ella because I always joke that you'll like something, you'll be like, I don't know because of X. And then weeks or months or years later, you are vindicated like almost every time <laughs> to the point where now I'm like, well, what do you think? Like gut wise, what's your gut? T- Before we make a business decision, because I go, why haven't we been consulting you all along? You have powers, clearly. Well, uh, so, clocks right at least two times a day as well. Also, you just got good guts, I think. But uh, I'm excited for Simon and Ella. They're going to just be like, hello. And you're like, what are you Are you going to Spanish class right now? Don't go, don't go to Spanish class because they're going to ask for a paper you don't have. And they're like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, thanks, mom. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. it totally works out. <laughs> oh, that, and I can also use my powers for other ways, too. It good, like, yeah, good hey, and evil. Uh, you said you were spending the night at uh, Sarah's tonight, but I have a feeling you're somewhere entirely different. Damn it, mom. Yes. I forgot you were psychic. I'll be <laughs> home in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like you eventually want a psychic mom, but I'm sure when you're a teenager, you're like, damn it, psychic mom. <laughs> That's a, psychic I would watch mom. That. Yeah, we got to watch it. That and Business Christ. Yeah, (laughs) Business Christ. Someone uh, came through, if I may just briefly share, because if you haven't listened to our uh, Twin Flames episode, we were asking for if someone could help us with um, our Business Christ uh, slogan, because, you know, that's what this Jeff is. And this made me laugh so hard. I wanted to share it briefly. (laughs) Please. From our TikTok comments. And TikTok user Forgive You Not said, business jesus he's going from sandals to spreadsheets <laughs> that's good cross to be in the boss <laughs> nice from profit to profits uh, this is all from the same person yeah dude it's good so for good. you uh, i hope you i hope you have a job in marketing because you're great at it and uh, forgive you not 
<laughs> 50 out of 10. The most amazing TikTok so good. comment yeah. ever. From profit to profits is great. Yeah, oh, so man. <laughs> These all just write themselves. They Damn. just write themselves. So good. Well, between Psychic Mom and Business Jesus, uh, I think uh, the TGIF lineup is all yeah. set for the, the spring season. We're bringing it back. I love TGIF growing <laughs> Dude, up. It, so it was it was like the cool thing to stay home and watch it. And then on Monday you would talk about like the shows you watched. Did you see step-by-step? Step? Yeah. Did you watch <laughs> America's Funniest Home Videos? Have I ever told you how every Monday I would regale the the class based on the teacher's suggestion uh, or request with the video, the, the ones that had won? That Did you really? Yeah, I, I would. Not re- I, would I would recount them to everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, do you want to know what Bob Saget chose as the funniest <laughs> video? I'll tell you right now. R.I.P. Bob Saget. Oh man, for sure. R.I.P. Bob Saget. Uh, well, thank you very much, Danny. And uh, I would say, uh, tell your mom that the story got read on the air, but she probably already knows. She already knows. Yeah. She, she, t- if, she's like, what are you doing? Are you talking about that house that you grew up in? <laughs> she's like, no, what do you mean? Damn it. You know, everything. Ah, uh, sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Well, this next one is from Denise and the subject line is my child, Mary Todd Lincoln reincarnated. Like everyone else, I love you gals. Keep up the great work. Let's get into it. I homeschooled my two children. My hubby and I both love history, and we have passed that love on to our kids. We traveled to D.C. multiple times while my kids were growing up. U.S. presidential history is a favorite subject. Side note, now that my kids are in college, they're still interested in this subject, but they will tell you everything that was wrong with our forefathers, constitution, and every misstep by every president. They are fierce defenders of civil rights. Well, the first trip we took to D.C. left my youngest child obsessed with Abraham Lincoln. This led to reading every children's book about Abe and then moving on to every adult book as well. At the time, they were still six years old. They were able to recite the presidents in order at one point, and we all knew Abe's shoe size, hat size, height, education background. You get the idea. A few months after that trip to D.C., my child began having night terrors. For weeks, they would wake up screaming and crying. After a couple weeks of asking why and what, they said this, I dream that I'm walking in a field with bunnies, flowers, and butterflies while holding Abe's hand. Me, this is a little strange, and I'm making a mental note to find a child psychologist. They also said, Then, all of a sudden, it starts raining, and John Wilkes Booth comes out of nowhere, shoots Abe, and he dies next to me. Me, definitely calling a child psychologist ASAP. I suggested that we could look for a stuffed Abe to sleep with, and maybe that would keep the bad dreams away. So, off to Google stuffed Abraham Lincoln doll. Luckily, I found one, and $25, and two days later, stuffed Abe arrived on my doorstep. My child started sleeping with Abe, and the night terror stopped, like, immediately. A few years later, the night terrors returned, and I asked where stuffed Abe was. Abe had lost his position at the head of the bed and was at the foot of the bed. Upon realizing that, Abe moved back up, and the night terrors dissipated. After years of begging, we made a trip to Springfield, Illinois, and visited Abe's house the Lincoln Presidential Museum, and the grave of Abe, Mary, and three of their children. Robert is buried in Arlington National Cemetery, and we visited there as well. During our visit to the museum, 
my child was devastated to learn that Abe's hat, one of three surviving signature hats, was not on display. We've seen the one in D.C., which is mislabeled as a top hat and not a stovepipe hat. I have emailed the Smithsonian multiple times with no response or a change of placard. In case anyone is curious about the third hat, it's kept at the home of Robert Todd Lincoln in Vermont. On our scheduled trip there, we are kept away by flooding, but it is on our list. My child overheard some of the museum docents giving out facts about Abe that weren't correct, and they politely corrected them. The docents would then check the fact and realize that they were in fact wrong. Fast forward to today. My child is in college in Manhattan and is a history major. Our family still knows a lot about Abe and will drop random Lincoln facts whenever the situation arises. My other child is a playwright and even wrote a 10-minute play about Mary Todd Lincoln and her struggles with mental health. The reason why I think my child may be a reincarnation of Mary is because of the night terrors of Abe dying next to them. Given any opportunity, they will staunchly defend Abe when anyone says he is not attractive. And when visiting the Lincoln Cottage in D.C., they will rub their body on the banister because it's original and Abe used it. I'm attaching some of our photos to our visits. Of, I'm attaching some photos of our visits to D.C. and Springfield over the years. And yes, that is a Mary Todd Lincoln stuffed doll you see in some of those pics. Well, oh. Heather, I thought this would be from My your child. daughter, Anonymous. <laughs> but it turns out, I think you've you've got a couple. Yeah, I love that. That's very sweet. I love when little kids get fixated on kind of strange, not like strange things, but it's like a little bit out of the ordinary to be it's, fixated. Yeah. Yeah, on Abe Lincoln. Or like I had a little cousin that was like really obsessed with like very certain airplane types, like real, mm. like down to like the manufacturer for specific reasons. And I love that. It's just like, you know what? Find something you love and run hand run headlong into it. I am currently obsessed with this whole reincarnation thing of children on that. After I watched that uh, docu-series on Netflix, mm -hmm. the surviving death in the last episode about that doctor in Virginia who collects these stories where kids will come up with on like without having been exposed to it even would like come up with stuff. But it's interesting. Maybe this kid didn't even need to get exposed to it. They just were like, take me home to DC mother. <laughs> Maybe that's why they had such a liking is from a past life because like that is darling. to go uh, hard, that hard and fast into a Lincoln. But I love that it made such an impact that, you know, even in college now it's kind of directed the, the path that they took. That's wonderful. Right. It's wonderful to see that you're the things you expose your kids to made a difference in their mm -hmm. lives. That one of them is a history major and another is a playwright and you writing bril like brilliant kids. So yeah. good job. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was like they're reading a ton of books at six years old. I was like, yeah, they're brilliant kids. They're going to be brilliant. Uh, but I love that uh, you also try to correct them on the hat thing at the Smithsonian because I agree. It does say it's a top hat and it's not. So correct yourselves. But it is. Cool, really cool to see that hat if you have not seen it i haven't um it's in the smithsonian and it's kind of on it in my opinion as a lincolnophile a little bit of a low key <laughs> like i did not know there was a word for I don't people know but, well I'm, you're not the first to say that i'm, I'm sure <laughs> but uh but it's kind of just on this pedestal and it has like it has a glass box around it obviously but it's just sort of when i saw it at least sort of kind of in the middle of a walkway i'm like this should be exalted on high <laughs> Uh, there but should I, be guards around it and uh, <laughs> red ropes. Is it the hat that he was wearing 
Well, I guess he took it off in the theater. Yes, I think so. I think because like they said, there's only three that are still surviving. I'm not entirely sure which was which or if he, that there was one that night or whatever, mm. like the last one he wore. But I've also been to Springfield, but only to like the where he's buried. It's like an above ground kind of um, wow. crypt. I, mean, I haven't been to either um, of those places, but love to visit. It's just kind of what you know. Whether you feel whatever way politically about Lincoln or whatever, he's been dead a million years. But you know, it's just a, a weird time travely kind mm-hmm. of feeling to be like this person, an essence of them, whatever's left of you know bones or dust or whatever, an essence of them is left in the same of a hat of just that because it is such an iconic piece of ephemera that's attached to a now a mythological person who at the time was a real guy, but that someone who's become like JFK style. It's mm-hmm. like when you see anything that's like um, from that day or from that era, like Jackie's hat or whatever, where it's like this object witnessed history. Yeah. And there's still DNA on it. Right, that too. So then we will clone them, and that's how we get clone high. And then all the kids, uh, we have a new Abe Lincoln. And then we get new Abe, and that's going to come on right after (laughs) Psychic Psychic Mom. Mom. So it's going to be sandwiched in between Psychic Mom and Business Christ. We'll have Uh, new Abe. Yeah, new Abe. Instead of new age, it's new Abe. young Sheldon, but it's new Abe. Oh no! The ideas Wait, are so. Is it Abe as a kid? Because that might be cool. That might be fun. fun. I was thinking that it was they used the DNA from his hat and or his crypt to clone him. Someone has a new baby and he's growing up, but he's nowadays a kid, but in modern times, in like twenty twenty three okay. times. But it, but he is going to grow up to be the Abe Lincoln we know. Yes, I mean, it's uh, genetically clone-wise, it's all still him. He's just going to be, he'll just be like, it's lit, fam. (laughs) Or whatever (laughs) they could say. I don't know. And instead of a stovepipe hat, is that what it is technically? Okay, instead of that, I imagine it's just like a beanie. It's a beanie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as a kid. And then when he's, or when he gets cool, he takes a stovepipe hat, wears it backwards. His, yeah. (laughs) You can't tell though, it's a stovepipe hat. What's the difference between a stovepipe hat and a top hat? Well, a stovepipe hat is doesn't um, it does I flare? Hard to, yes, it doesn't like get bigger up at the top, like a like, magician's hat. You know, a magician's hat, or um, and the stovepipe's usually thinner and singular. It's kind of like sense. a quick like rope stovepipe. Like you might say one would say. Okay, I, I I get it now. Yeah. Well, the magicians need that flare so the rabbits can fit. Yeah. Otherwise, no. the rabbits. If you no. try to There's stuff no rabbits in a stovepipe hat, they're never coming out. You're going to be the worst magician, and the rabbits are going to be real pissed when they do get out. <laughs> if they get out, <laughs> they will That's find how you. They discovered that we need a flare. We need yes. a different type of hat. The stovepipes. It's a, it was a trial by error. <laughs> Why did I just think of a flare? I was like, oh yeah, give the little rabbits a flare gun. They can shoot it up, and we'll know they're in there. That's how I mean, meant. They're in distress. They need to. You're at a magic show, and it's just, it's this orange light comes shooting out of the hat. Magic coming out of the hat. It's like in a way, a rabbit used a flare gun. That's magical. You have to Pretty admit, magical. Yeah, that's uh, in fact. Best magic show I've ever seen. If that happens at a is a magic show, incredible. When we go to the magic castle. With Elise and Jess from 30 Morbid Minutes. That will happen. <laughs> Someone will, a rabbit will get a flare gun somehow. That's Houdini's wish will come true. That's what all he ever <laughs> wished, I'm sure. Uh, well, thank you, Denise. And please send my regards to a, the fellow Lincoln of file in your life. <laughs> all right. Well, this last one, we got, we said we had the hello updates. And, and we had one earlier that they did not hear it. Yes, even more. So now we have another one. Another vote. So here we go. 
from Lindsay. And Lindsay's subject line is, I heard the hello, but now I don't. Hey, Cine Sisters. Before I get into it, like everyone else, I wanted to gush about how much I love you and appreciate you too. I found you back in 2020, 2021, I think, when you did a crossover with And That's Why We Drink. I'm a high school English teacher, 9th, 11th, and 12th grade from Southern Maryland, Calvert County, 45 minutes south of D.C., and I have an hour drive to work every day, so having the two of you on in the car is like having my two besties in the car with me every day. Now, let's talk about it because I need answers. I also heard the hello on listener episode 86. This particular day, I was listening in the shower while getting ready. My phone was propped up in my shower on the top ledge where the top of the shower meets the wall. There was a pause in your storytelling, significant enough that I looked up thinking that maybe someone called me and paused the podcast, but nothing happened. That's when I heard it. Hello? Like a question. To me, it sounded like Christy's voice. Then the two of you just continued on in your conversation. So I thought, weird, my girlfriend's not supposed to be home yet, but... I stuck my head out and shouted, hello, to no response. I thought nothing of it, assumed I was just hearing things, and let it go. A couple days later, I was listening to And That's Why We Drink when something similar happened. Again, I was listening while in the shower and hear, Lindsay. I immediately ripped open the shower curtain and shouted, what? Thinking it was my girlfriend. Then I remembered my girlfriend wasn't home. At this point, I think I'm going crazy. That is, until the first listener episode that the phantom hello is brought up. Finally, someone else heard it. I felt so validated, but it still didn't explain the shouting of my name I heard the other time. Regardless, I felt better. When it was brought up again in the most recent listener episode, I decided it was my mission to find and prove that the phantom hello was there. What can I say? I'm a Gemini, so I have to be right. I listened to the whole episode three times, all the way through. Nothing. The hello is gone. So, what happened? Did we all have a collective hallucination? Am I just slowly going crazy? Am I being haunted? Someone please find the timestamps. Anyway, thank you ladies for all that you do. Hopefully, I'll write in with a more interesting story one day, but I just had to get this one off my chest. Love y'all. Well, there's a couple emails. We've also got that... (laughs) Say otherwise. So we have Lindsay, and Lindsay claims to have heard it prior to even hearing about it in the Freaky Friday, but then heard it, heard someone else mention it, and then said, oh, my God. So it wasn't as if they – Yeah, which is wild that it wasn't as if – you know, if you're, like, listening for it, the little Mm -hmm. seeds planted, you might hear it, but that wasn't the case here. Well, and especially to say, like, hello in your own shower. As for your name being hollered during, and that's why we drink, you had to call him and Christine on that one. <laughs> that ain't uh, but whatever is cursing us might be cursing them, too. So Gosh. If you did, the, air, the devil rules the airways. The devil Heather is happening. <laughs> We've we been saying it. it since 2018, and it's finally coming true. It's oh, taken no. over. Uh, well, we the email we got is from Amanda, and uh, Lindsay just asked for timestamps. So Amanda might provide. She wrote... Hey, Heather and Christy, I tried really hard to hear the supposed hello in episode 86 of Freaky Friday. I'm listening with Apple Podcasts, AirPods, and I think 
big emphasis on think that at 31 minutes, 33 seconds to 31 minutes, 34 seconds, there's a breath from one of you that just gets picked up a little stronger. I don't think it's an actual ghostly hello. And I definitely listened to it the first time and thought nothing of it, but I guess that could be what people are hearing. Anyway, curious to see if you all hear this breathy sound. All the best, Amanda. So it could, maybe it's just a... <gasps> Someone else said that they thought it was a, a mouth sound, a too. Mouth noise. So, okay. And I'll tell y'all, Tommy's real stressed. Uh, he's like... He's <laughs> in a gif in the chat. He's like... Sweating. This, it's just somebody pouring sweat, like... This is how I feel every time I get one of these emails. <laughs> Everyone's just dissecting the audio. Right. But we have to know. We have to know, is there a paranormal entity around us? Is it the editing? No. No. It's Tommy, you're perfect. It would never. Is it a collective what, what mass hysteria situation? I don't know. What's going on? What is happening? Or is it like you're chosen and if you hear the hello you've heard the call and if you don't hear it then and it here's how it works you listen to that episode if you hear the hello then you go listen to and that's how he drinks listener tales that Lindsay heard it and if (laughs) then you hear your name in that one you are cursed officially across both podcasts we don't know how to help you all all i'll say is don't if, if you want Answers you could call Susan from Creeps and Crimes. Right. They're medium. But all working say, together out here in the, tr- in the podcast space in the to help each other community. out. It's true. <laughs> but I would say, be careful because two girls, one ghost. They they say, oh, we're the most haunted podcast in America. They came on our show and there's a damn voice on it. So they're say, not wrong. No, so, we're all connected. Between like all said. of us, you're going to get cursed <laughs> by one of these podcasts. But uh, yeah, if anybody's uh, listening and t- tune into Freaky Friday 86 around 31 minutes and you can determine. Determine the, the mouth sound if it's a hello, if it's, I don't know what it is. I'll brace Tommy and uh, I'll give him a Xanax to just chill him out before all these come in. Also, Lindsay, thank you for those downloads, for the listens. Yeah, three, right. Three downloads is great. We appreciate yeah. that. Everybody's yeah, like, everybody go listen like a lot to episode 86, just over and over. We're going to explain to the network, like, why is this one episode have like three times the downloads? And we're like, is there something special on it? We're like, no, it's cursed. We don't know. They're like, well, we don't think it's cursed because people have downloaded it a lot. But uh, yeah, in my life, I would never even think to like edit something like that in only because it would drive me as a listener crazy. Like, that's how we pretty much make this show is like, oh, we would never do that because that would really piss us off or that would irritate us like as listeners. So it's uh, to have a uh, someone fake like me just being like oh never never no (laughs) if it's anything it was um my probably a breath or (laughs) some kind of noise that just didn't get edited out or like you said everyone's being chosen for what that's on y'all. Y'all got to figure that out because I <laughs> haven't heard it. So I guess I'm not chosen. I'm not chosen. Yeah, y'all have to come together. But it might just have been my IBS popping up to say hello. <laughs> and so then you are chosen because now you have it too. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> Bad news. Get some Imodium uh, and some Gaviscon. Well, I think uh, we'll have to hear if anybody else hears it. Tommy checked the waveform and everything, but maybe it got wrapped up in... One of us talking and the other one was just making some crazy noise or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I I like that we're all coming together to try to figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've always said we wanted to solve a cold case. I didn't know this was going to, this was it, but no, here we are. No, but uh, I do appreciate Lindsay using the uh, 
what is it denonym where you say like people are of a thing of sinisters hard to spell oh. hard to say but you know what sinisters i like it why do anything the easy way when you can do it the creative way and i love it <laughs> i love sinisters and uh well then like i said uh i love uh anything that's like a collective noun for people well that's now i guess what we are one of them sinisters yeah. one of them there's we, i've heard um sinisters sinister hoodians <laughs> sinister pedophiles Sisterhood of Files. Yes, that's the new one too. <laughs> oh well, thank you, Lindsay, for uh, just adding another piece to the Hello Puzzle. And so it continues. Well, thank you, everyone, for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com/slash/freaky-friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see where we're up to next. We post stuff for free people too. So it's not just, oh, you might get a notification every now and then. There's content up there for you at no cost at all. And then depending on what tier you might want to subscribe to, there's all sorts of other bonus content. And if you're looking for uh, what to tell Santa or that loved one in your life of your favorite holiday gift, tell them that you want an annual subscription to Sinisterhood on Patreon because not only do you get 500 hours plus of back bonus content, you're also going to get all of 2024's bonus content. And when you sign up for an annual membership, you get a month free. So please uh, tell your loved ones, hey, it's not that hard to just... uh, Give me a little membership to my favorite Patreon. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, they don't already have it. And also, it doesn't take up any space. And it's something that you get to enjoy for hundreds of hours over the course of the year. My favorite types of gifts. Something that I can enjoy year-round and at at my leisure and Mm -hmm. that I don't have to find a place in my house to put it. Absolutely. I think I'm like, I like to tell my husband what to get me. So I'm like, <laughs> sure, would be nice if I could get this thing. And then there he goes, magically like appears. Like Crocs? <laughs> like, yes. Or like a child when we were at the Postal Service concert. And I went, wouldn't it be nice to have that record? Maybe for my birthday. <laughs> and then I just walked away. Guess what I got for my birthday? Well, no, good. He walked away so he could purchase it without you seeing it. Exactly. I appreciate you doing that so he felt more comfortable. Absolutely. Well, if you need other gift ideas, head to Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. You can check out Sinisterhood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, even clothes for your kiddos. We've got hoodies and crewnecks to keep you warm. We've got a water bottle. We've got uh, hot cocoa mugs, perfect for that warm beverage. And that, our lovely that new- beam dream powder. You can put those yeah. in one of uh, one of our mugs. I do, actually. Sometimes I'll heat my milk up in the- uh, There you go. So what do we think, mug? Mm-hmm. But uh, Or the beanies, which I am enjoying my- the warmth of my Sinisterhood embroidered beanie over at Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. While you're there, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description at Sinisterhood.com. You'll also find fun things like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. And we also put in our show notes all the resources we use for any research for shows too. Absolutely. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sinisterhood Pod. You can like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Head over to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed there. We are now doing video episodes of our Wednesday episodes. They go out early and ad-free on Patreon and then a few days later come out on YouTube. And if you want to know when they are released, click subscribe and turn on that bell for notifications and it'll come right to your phone. We're also over on TikTok where you can read that very funny comment about Business <laughs> Christ and uh, see all of the wonderful videos that Paris makes for us and 
Speaking of videos, head to Cameo.com to order that one Christmas holiday gift that you know they don't already have, a personalized video shout out from us. You can have us say, Happy New Year, Happy Birthday, I love you, I wish we were spending the holidays together, whatever you want us to say. I'm we so love- glad we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't come home for Christmas. We really... Uh, <laughs> We've been talking and no, but whatever the message you want us to deliver, we would love to deliver it over at cameo.com and search Sinisterhood. And speaking of searching, where can people search online to find you, Christy? They can search on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather, what about you? I'm pretty much everywhere at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it creepy. (laughs) 